My name is Matthew Clark. And my dear friend, Rob Patterson, welcome to Set Jetter Park. <laughs> we have some movie screenings. Say, say again, we have some movie screenings. <laughs> no, I do. Put your heads between your legs. Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. How's the world treating you, sir? Uh, not too bad. We we have our share of the heat wave that's going across the United States, so doing our best. It's very difficult with the heat wave. Here in Los Angeles, it's been like highs of 107, and <laughs> tomorrow it's going to break. I looked at my weather app, and it's been like hell all week, and then tomorrow we're getting down to, I think, a high of a cool 90, which I can't wait. And then the rest of the week, it's like a high of 82 and a low of like 60. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Uh, well, I'll be in town next weekend, so it better cool down for me. It'll be cool. You'll be, uh, you'll be in good hands. The, the town has issued flex reports, which mean there's going to be blackouts. Thankfully, we haven't had any yet. But, you know, Los Angeles has so much electricity in use, there's no scientific way to gauge how much it is. There's just too, too much. So these blackouts happen and, and it's only happened twice knock on wood since i've been here so that's about 10 years but where the power goes out because it's so hot and at that point it's like get to a pool you're gonna die get to a pool or like a building with a generator yeah it's well, crazy hopefully, hopefully that won't happen while i'm there no uh, we have a very exciting show for you tonight. We have welcome Robert Patterson, of course, back to Podcastle Set Jetter Saturdays. Robert is the creator of set-jetter.com. Wonderful work, and you've had a great week, Robert. I was looking at the website, and you had some cool releases, anniversaries of uh, some of the movies you're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, the one that sticks out is um, uh, Last Action Hero. This page is oh. under construction this week, <laughs> and I want to know if it's constructed. <laughs> It's always under construction, so I, I've not gotten around to updating it. So I think I just had some kind of one-off shots, but it's a it it, it bombed when it came out in the theater, um, and uh, but I think it's it's gained a little bit of a following since that time. It is. I saw this in the drive-in with Jurassic Park, um, not at the same night, but like that same summer. And that's why Last Action Hero bombed. It went head-to-head Jurassic Park. If you remember, the Last Action Hero marketing campaign was insane. Yeah, well, and granted, Schwarzenegger was really, he was at the top of his game, and and he could kind of do no wrong at that point, but then he did, he did wrong. He did wrong. I, I enjoyed that movie in the theater. I understood it. You know, I understood uh, most of it. That was like, a parody making fun of these movies and i really enjoyed it um but yeah going head to head against jurassic park it's not gonna happen who knew who knew <laughs> do you it, was the page under construction forever or was that just this week just last year so like last year i knew the anniversary was coming up and i literally i had time to just do a few pictures and so i think i just quickly put those pictures up so and oh. i've not revisited since because I thought I went there, because I saw you post it, and I thought I went to the website the day you were like working on it. So I was like, oh, wow, he's very, <laughs> very, like, you know, sincere and and legitimate about informing people that, hey, this is under construction. It means I thought you were working on it right now. Like, I, I got you when you were in WordPress, like, tinkering. <laughs> no, typical road work. I'll just put up a sign, and it could be anywhere from a year <laughs> to two years. And 
Yeah, that it'll makes sense. <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, it'll be it'll be done. Um, but yeah, you got some good shots in, in Last Action Hero. More on that later for honorable mention. Tonight we're going to be discussing the highest grossing films of 1993. This is, of course, via Box Office Mojo. And uh, before we get into the list, Robert, I've, what do you think about what's your predictions on tonight's list? Um, I think as we kind of get into the 90s, there's some there's some big highs and then there's some big lows. And we don't we just we don't have a lot in the middle for from what I remember about the nineties and speci- specifically ninety three. Yeah, ninety three I think you either went high or if you went low, you went low. <laughs> I think Son in Law was in here. Wasn't there a we're, yeah. we're not talking about we're not talking about Paulie Shore movie. <laughs> I'm sure I think there was a Polly Shore movie at least twice a year in the nineties. <laughs> in the army now, Son in Law, Encino Man. Uh did anyone ever it, like Pauly Shore? Like, was that ever a draw for people? I still don't understand it. It must it's, be. I saw him at a convention a couple of years ago, um, and he still had a line. So, I mean, people. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey. I never got, like, the stoner stoner stuff. I met was, him once at the comedy store. He was, like, a nice guy. Yeah. But he was, like, kind of serious. I was like, I, I expected you to be, like, you, not funny because you were never funny, but I expected you to like give me a line like "Hey, buddy," and it was just like, "Oh, hey," and I was like, "Hey, hi." It was it was kind of a strange time. It was kind of like the reverse of Valley Girl. You know, we had the Bill and Ted surfer type talk and boys and stuff like that. But right, it worked at the time. I don't know. I hope he's invested his money well. <laughs> It was a draw for someone. <laughs> but nineteen ninety three was a fun year. This was the height of uh like the drive in summer blockbuster kind of thing. They kinda went away a little bit after this. And you were getting into more special effects or better special effects oriented films. You know, like milestone landmark films were coming out. Of course, Jurassic Park is a landmark film in terms of effects. Uh, a couple years later, you got in a twister. Like it was, that, it's that cool kind of time in the film where like effects were getting good if done right. Mm-hmm. No, people were getting excited. They want you had to see it on the big screen, and you were excited to see it. I remember, I remember going to see previews of Twister at the time. The Twister was more uh, just to kind of see what they were doing, just glimpses uh, of it. Same thing with Independence Day. Obviously, we'll get to '96 in a few episodes, but but yeah, that was the this was kind of the time of CGI really kind of beginning to break out. Yeah, it was taken off, and I think Terminator Two is probably like it kicked that off. That set the bar in terms of what films can do with special effects, and James Cameron certainly set the bar high with, okay, here is what I did. And everyone was just looking at that as, okay, this is the, the new. Like, we have to match this or we it's going to look bad. Yep. Because it was just so good. It was revolutionary for the time. And it's, that, that film, the special effects still hold up. It's, it's amazing. Which leads uh, us right to the number one film of 93. What is the number one film <laughs> of 93? I think you have to say it. It's, this is your film. Uh, okay, the first the film is Jurassic Park. It's no secret. I think we did like five shows on this movie. Uh, I love Jurassic Park. I'm wearing the shirt. There's a poster behind me. Um, it, it's I've seen it six times in the theater. 
So I'm very biased, but this film does hold up for me uh, immensely. So you were young, so you were at the prime time for that. What, what age were you when this came out? I was 11, and then I turned 12 during it because it was out for so long. So I was hitting puberty and going to Jurassic Park. It was a powerhouse. You remember it was everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, um, well, from what I remember, actually, I went to see it like as a sneak preview. So before it came out, like a night or two before, and I remember this is, this is how old this movie is. I was in the paper, you know, it's a sneak preview at 730. And I, and I, my roommate couldn't go with me. And I called my friend, uh, Monica to, and she goes, what is this film? Like it wasn't quite there. People didn't quite know, you know, uh, they knew it was about dinosaurs, but obviously their marketing campaign was kind of, they kind of hid their cards a little bit on purpose. They don't want to show all the effects. And so, but yeah, I vividly remember the, yeah, kind of once it started True. and then the T-Rex scene in particular after that, I'm not sure how many minutes it is, but obviously it's an intense, it's probably, probably the most intense, you know, five minute scene uh, in a film. Uh, she just grabbed my hands like, why'd you bring me to this? Like she was, she, she was scared, you know, but yeah, it, it is a horror movie in the sense of the word that it gives you a lot of jumps. Yeah. That scene too, that T-Rex scene is, it still holds up and it's, uh, it's the best in the whole like franchise. There's nothing like that. It's still the, it's still the greatest. No, absolutely. And you feel like even now, if I watch it, you just kind of, the scene ends and you feel like you're just, you start to catch your breath. Well said. So it doesn't hold up for either of us. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it's fine. Yeah. So. I want to, I want to share some shots with the audience. Robert has, we talked about this before, but this is you in, uh, Mono Waipuna Falls in Hanapepe Valley, Kauai. The Great scene of the helicopter landing. Yeah. So, and there's, Bits of cement that uh, the cement landing uh, obviously was there, but there's there's not too much to it left. It's kind of all broken up. So you're kind of stand kind of in front of it where it was. But but there you are. Uh, yeah. We've this one was cool too. This is uh, Limihuli Garden Kauai uh, Visitor Center. In this Kauaian garden is where the raptor pen was built. The set for the pen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so obviously this visitor center wasn't there, but it's it's nice that they actually had built it right on the same spot, uh, so you can kind of gauge where you need to be from there. So look at that great raincoat! How come you uh, don't yeah, wear yeah. that more? <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, yeah, I made that coat especially for the uh, the trip, and then uh, my my hat. Of course, I put up the one side to uh, for a little bit of Muldoon look, <laughs> as necessary. I like it. I like that they do that. Um, I like that you did that. I mean, yeah. Uh, and the cool shots. This is the, of course. What's left of the log? There's not too much left of it. Yeah. No, it took it took some wear and tear, but the log is where the Gallimimus scene was. Uh, wasn't this near another scene in Jurassic World too? Wasn't yeah. something else yeah, filmed think, close by? I think. Um, yeah, Jurassic World. Uh, if you kind of look the other way, a lot of the. Uh, well, actually, I know. Yeah, Jurassic World was obviously shot quite a bit here as well. Do you know what these are? <laughs> the set jetters are breeding. But I thought all the set jetters were in Omaha. Well, Robert was white. Well, he was white. Robert was right. Life uh, of set jetting finds a way. Hey, quick question. Side note. Set yeah. jetting. Did you coin that phrase, or is that a universal term? That's a universal term, so Son I think it's bitch. kind of an urban dictionary term for people that plan their vacations around 
movie locations. All right, I have some explaining to do. I've been telling people you coined it. Oh, I was like, yeah, I'm friends with the original, like the guy that <laughs> came, up with, came up with it. Because so. I figured you did. Well, I don't. I don't think the term had been around that long. If I, if I, I, so, I don't either. Yeah. Which means I think you, you coined it. <laughs> I'm still going with it. All right. This is um, San Jose, Costa Rica, is the location in the film. This is uh, in. This was in Kauai as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So most of I, I just went to the two islands of uh, Kauai and Oahu, and so both had kind of an even mix. Of, and I think most of it was supposed to be shot on Kauai, but the um, hurricane destroyed some of the sets. And so that's so I think why they went to Oahu. Hurricane Aniki. Yep. Uh, this, the iconic fence of Jurassic Park, the iconic gate, was this in Kauai as well? Yep. So this is taken from the helicopter tour that we took. So you can kind of hike there at some point, but uh, we did not. And then we, we were there during, it was pretty rainy. So there's certain things that we couldn't do even if we wanted to. So, but yeah, some people have gone uh, to that area. Things that you couldn't do because it was raining. Does that include the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the little uh, swing in the beginning, the rope? Into the yeah. Water? Yeah. It that turned up the water. Yeah. It turned up the water so much that they said, if you can't, if it's that messed up, you just don't want to go get in there. So, I also I'll take their word for it. So, yes, yeah, yeah you this is the shot it. that, uh, according to legend, Spielberg shot from their hotel during the uh, the hurricane, which is cool. Yeah, good shot. And the Lost World was kind of shot in that area as well. So. Lost World. But so, oh, uh, yeah, long. <laughs> Who ended up be kind of becoming a Jurassic villain? Yeah, yeah, the story arc. Yeah, he's a, a, a mouse. A monster is a relative term. A ma- <laughs> what is it? What is the line? A cat is a monster to a canary. I'm like, yes. oh, come on, man. You've come so far. You were so good. Uh, maybe he'll redeem himself. Did, did he survive the last one? I yeah. can't even remember. Or I, I, don't, I don't know. He didn't die, so... Jurassic haunted house. Yeah, I don't know. I think he just showed up. I think we all know what happened. He showed up for that quick scene that he squeezed as much money as he could out of those producers, and that was it. <laughs> I still um, get upset because they weren't selling those dinosaurs for very much money. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're trying to get sponsors like T-Mobile presents whatever. And you're yeah. like, what are you doing? I don't know. All right, so Jurassic Park still holds up. Check out of Robert's course. work at com. Look for uh, Jurassic Park on there. Uh, there's some good shots. Um, next on the list, do they still hold up, is The Fugitive. This is Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, in uh, classic 93 action movie, best known for the train sequence. <laughs> and then it just kind of goes from there. So, yeah, people don't really talk about this movie. Get so kill my wife. Um, uh, Julianne Moore is one of her first films as well. Tis, tis. And, uh, but yeah, so, um, so... Yeah, it doesn't quite hold up. I think it's at the time it was obviously it was a big deal, number two, um, but it's kind of faded off a little bit, based on a TV show. Yeah. Yes. And, yes, it is. And there was a Fugitive Two. <laughs> was that U.S. Marshals? U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Ugh, that was awful. People couldn't get enough of Tommy Lee Jones. Apparently, the reason people liked the first one is it was Harrison Ford. It it wasn't. 
you know, and they're like, hey, let's just get Wesley Snipes because Harrison Ford is not doing the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sequel has more comic relief. Uh, I don't think it's a good movie, but The Fugitive, I was never like gaga over this movie. So um, to me, it, it doesn't hold up in the sense that, uh, I don't know, it's a little overrated, perhaps. Yeah. You know, now, the train I, sequence is great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, set jetters have went and visited that location. I think you're going to have to take a little hike down a ravine to get there, but that train is still there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the tours are. I want to say it's Tennessee. Somewhere there. But I yeah, I read you could. Uh, I wouldn't be going into bus. any woods in Tennessee. No, no. They ask you to. I, I know in the tour, I've heard they ask that you stop and. Yeah, it's like down an embankment kind of thing. It's I don't know. That's a, that's a tough sell. For the sequel, they should have gone the another route. You know, another fugitive. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Number three, third highest grossing film of '93 is The Firm. This is a great movie that shows Tom Cruise running very fast, very quickly um, to get somewhere in a suit. Yeah, in a suit. It's always on the sweating. set. So, um, so actually, I rewatched this not that long ago. I think it was one of those uh, rainy day in hotel room uh, viewings, and I thought oh, I haven't watched it in a while. Let me see if it holds up, and it mostly did. The thing is, it's it's a little. I call it these kind of cotton candy movies because it tastes good at the time, and then I'm like, I can't remember anything. Right. Three hours later, I was like, I, I vaguely remember a couple scenes, but mm-hmm. you remember little parts. Other yeah. than that, it wasn't that it didn't hold up in terms of plot lines. Uh, but it, this still holds up for me. It's still a good movie if you enjoyed it originally. It's theatrical release, uh, and it's still I, I feel it's fairly well done. For its I remember Wilford Brimley. How can you <laughs> he forget? <laughs> he hasn't aged. Wilford Brimley was performing in the. Um, Olympic swim trials this week in Omaha. <laughs> he just he, he was doing his cocoon thing where he was in the water. Uh, I forgot about the cocoon in the water. Oh, <sighs> Number four, Sleepless in Seattle. This is one of the original rom-coms that kind of set the bar for the rest of the 90s. Without this movie, you wouldn't have You've Got Mail and <laughs> Stepmom and all of these other movies that make you want to gouge your face off. Oh, it makes me, now that you say it that way, I was like, I wish this movie never existed. So, yep. um, yeah, one, I like to say, you know, this movie was not made for me. So it wasn't made for me at the time, and it's certainly not made for me now. But I, I, what I do enjoy is that this was one of the first movies that they turned it into a horror movie trailer. <laughs> uh, where yes. our, some geniuses kind of recut it uh, with some music and, and make, uh, so I, I actually I enjoyed the trailer. So I, I like, kind of like those flips, you know, like The Shining was flipped into a yes. a com- family comedy and vice versa. I do too. They made Top Gun into like a love story, and uh, the same the same guys did Jaws into a um, a love story, and Planes Trains into a horror movie, and it's like it. I, I enjoy those a lot. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but the movie, no, no, yeah, it doesn't hold up for me either. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Oh, melting like a snow cone in Phoenix. <laughs> Mr. Mr. What's his name? What's the, the monkey's name? I Mr. Sprinkles. <laughs> That's not it. Now, I know people love this movie. You bite your tongue. If this is not, it does not hold up. I There's, will, I will, to, I will be doing a home, a home Alone bite my tongue on this. What? Come on. Come on. 
Does it not hold up or you don't just don't like it? Because there's a difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How does so, it not hold up? Is it Because I understand that with a man dressing up like a woman to be with kids. I totally get that. It, it was creepy at the time. It, it was, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's Robin Williams in his like prime. Yeah. You didn't uh, like the movie? I did not, so. All right. Well, you're the set chatter. We have to respect all opinions here. But obviously, I still, well, I mean, I didn't make a point to go to the house. I think I was brought to the house on a tour, so that's why. <laughs> you were brought to someone lie to you and go, yeah, we're stopping for, for sandwiches. And then you get I, out and you're like. I think one time I did take the San Francisco tour, uh, movie tour, because um, I remember, I can't remember where they were, were going to take us that I wasn't going to be able to go on my own. Because I was like, you know, and it's all like, oh, I'll take a few pictures. Um, but it is yeah, one of those. Where, look, I even I even got out. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Took my picture in front of it. Like here we are. I always thought you liked this movie. You never liked this movie. No, I uh, usually you can tell if I put something at the top. Like here's the location. What do you mean? <laughs> like I I don't um say um. Oh, you don't elaborate. Yeah, there, actually, I just say it. I'm not a huge fan of this film. <laughs> but oh, you, I see what you mean. Because you so. usually do put like it, for all you fans of. This movie, you remember this was also in Warlock. I particularly enjoyed this film. Yeah. <laughs> you did that with like waxwork or something. You like commented and I see you're like, yeah, so this here, scene is horror fans remember. Here, you're right. You're like, this is it. It's it's 2640 Steiner Street. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. it. And as I sometimes like to say, it's a movie. <laughs> it's it's a movie. Let me ask you this though. You have to, because I, I respect your opinion and I it does not hold up in terms of plot line. You cannot have... Uh, an estranged father who's ordered by the court, you know, not cust- not giving custody to dress up like a woman and infiltrate by lying. I mean, that's that's. Yeah. I'm surprised it got made then, to be honest with you. But you have Robin Williams dressed as a woman. The studio is going to back that. We didn't have the the climate we do now. But let me ask you: Do you not think the movie's funny, like the humor or anything? I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I, that's just not my type of humor, and I don't remember any funny scenes that I wasn't just kind of puzzled by you know would you have hired mrs doubtfire as a maid (laughs) if she were a woman no (laughs) and i do remember uh i I can't remember mrs featherbottom from uh, arrested development (laughs) it was a takeoff on this did you watch arrested development yeah yeah Yeah. uh, uh, remember tobias addressed he he did the same thing to me next to his kiss yeah (laughs) That was he, he jumped off the the mm-hmm. the balcony of the living room like we shan't be telling your mother about this. <laughs> we shan't. That was a funny show. So that I still crack up about. That is a great show. Yeah. Uh, number six is indecent proposal. This was the this was the highest grossing movie. Apparently, um, and now I'm kind of looking at these like oh there's a lot there's a lot kind of morally wrong with a lot of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, decent proposals. Woody Harrelson, uh, Robert Redford offering yeah. Woody Harrelson money to sleep with Demi Moore, yeah, his wife. And it starts off with, uh, doesn't it? Isn't it like, no, theoretically, if I offered you a million dollars, wouldn't you do it? And they're like, I tell you to go to hell. But then it ends up happening, and, and like they're staying at this hotel for weeks or something. Yes. What, what is going on with this movie? I that's what I don't know, and I haven't watched it in a while. I'm like, how do, how long did they? T- Today we're able to drag that out for ninety minutes. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. How did that happen? I don't know how this happens, but um, it but it's it not be, hold up for me. I'd be curious if they tried to remake this now, or if it just becomes a lifetime movie. It's actually kind of a lifetime movie title, so it is. 
indecent proposals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven, in the line of fire, Clint Eastwood as aging uh, Secret Service agent and maniacal John Malkovich playing a would-be assassin. Um, right? Is, yeah, and I'm thinking... Rene Russo? So obviously uh, Clint's still with us, and he was aging back then. <laughs> that was the whole gimmick. Yeah. How, how old was he? Do we find out... If we look back, and he was, uh, he was actually just 38 at the time, but... <laughs> No, he was in the 60s then, was because he? he's 80-something okay. now, and that, oh, this okay. was 93. So, um, same thing. I have rewatched this recently on uh, Hotel Room. Nothing else is on <laughs> uh, to see. And then I think I did revisit some scenes, because when I was staying at the, uh, is the, not the Biltmore Hotel, but uh, downtown where they shot uh, with the elevators, um, uh, where they kind of also shot True Lies and a couple other things that I rewatched a couple of those scenes, but... Um, this hey. one semi holds up for me. Yeah, yeah, I like the characters in it. Um, I'm the same way. I do know Patrika Darba in this movie. She is good friends with our buddy Sean Kanan. She was in his latest project, and uh, I did get a chance to talk to her about this movie. And she kind of reiterated what we just said was, yeah, like the performances are good, but there's a lot of protocols, I guess, around like Secret Service of the President that. Well, kind of ridiculous. Like somebody that old would never be guarding the president. Yeah, you're not going to be sixty and like, <laughs> hey Jim, can how's the arthritis? You ready to save the life of the president today? Oh, ho, ho, you've been around since Kennedy. Like the Secret Service keeps the professionalism at a high because yeah. it's like the president's life. But they re they, they reuse that a couple times as a White House down or whatever. Is like I can only have this guy. This is the only guy that can protect me. <laughs> and. Like, it's like Rambo. Like, yeah. there's one man that can take you across the tiny river. Seventy year old Rambo. And the thing is, they're like, but you'll still be paid scale. So, they're like, oh, like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you'll Tobin be on twenty four seven duty. <laughs> Tobin Bell was in the in the line of fire. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, it's funny because Tobin Bell, like, you realize he's in everything, and then you kind mm -hmm. of he was recognizable, but he didn't become who he jigsaw until. That and now retrospectively you can see him also. Um, John Malkovich, he was kinda, a good fellows. Yeah, uh, Malkovich kind of overdoes it now. Looking back uh, in, in this film, but why did you kill those ducks, asshole? <laughs> okay, but we were kind of getting into uh, those. You know, when was Speed? Is Speed the next year? Uh, you know, these over-the-top villains. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the whole shtick of the 90s, over-the-top villains. Oh, cliffhangers next. Cliffhanger. Robert's I, favorite film. I do have a special spot for Cliffhanger, probably yeah. because I, the opening scene just freaked me out. I don't know if I have a fear of heights or fear of falling or whatever, but I just like... Um, and there's a couple times where people just kind of... <laughs> Whoosh, they fall off cliffs, and I just, I don't know. That that's like terrifying to me. So, so there's pieces of film like some of the effects obviously do not hold up very well, um, but some do. And when you're talking about CGI, I remember there's some things I'm looking. At, I'm like, well, how they, how they do that? And then at the time, it was a big deal because I remember um, when they had people falling, they kind of now they would come what slow ropes where uh, they're on a big orange or green rope you know that's dropping them so they're safe and then later they paint that out now at the, in 93 that was a big deal it was like oh they could just erase that you know no 
Um, they did do some bad green screen in here, but um, but they had some good effects and um, some are a little uh, have not aged well as well. I kind of like where they're going because like there's one where uh, they have uh, shorts, not Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Stallone uh, kind of climbing and then a <laughs> helicopter goes through the frame and they cut to somebody completely different uh, who's actually kind of scaling the real mountain. But yeah. some of it works, some of it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. Some and of the John special Lithgow. effects too. They like digitally, um, frame by frame, removed some of the ropes, so they do look more realistic. Which is obviously a lot more work in 1993, but it holds up for you know visually. And John Lithgow as the over the top villain. <laughs> Lithgow, <laughs> he is he is over the top. They're rebooting this movie, I think. Are they? I think I did hear something about that, but then I don't know if it's ever gonna. It'll probably be an expensive movie, or it'll be kind of like the Point Break remake, where you lose some of the specialness when you most of it, it, yeah, make it too glossy, like RoboCop. I don't know if they're rebooting it. If it's still, I mean, I heard it was it was Jason Momoa playing, Mm. you know, doing the lead, but I I don't know if they're doing it. This is like a few months ago. Gotcha. No need to do this movie. Yeah, there's no need for that honka tonk. Next is Free Willy. Uh, 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 not not made for me so but you were around that age was this a movie that you saw no didn't see it i I wouldn't see this yeah no i was too cool it was like 12 no no i was not too not i was i could have seen it i just remember not having any interest to even though it had uh, a whale in it which i i love sea life and i didn't you know i just no I was not itching to see this. I think they made a sequel or two as well. I think they made like three. For three, one of those. This. They're kind of the children of the corn of <laughs> <laughs> for uh, kid whale movies. <laughs> I just remember the Michael Jackson song, Will You Be There? It was like a big hit. Uh, and they it was in the soundtrack, so I was a big Michael Jackson fan, so I saw the video a lot, which had like the clip of the whale, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I free Willy was more of a term of, I used to have to go to the bathroom. Like, Hey, I got a free Willy. Can you oh, pull gosh. over? And my dad's like, that's <laughs> funny. Um, so you coined that term. Is that an urban? That's certainly term? not. Yes. Okay. That is not me. <laughs> it is all me. Yes. Gotcha. It is all you. Of course you yeah. did create such edit though, for the record <laughs> listeners. I wish I did. Okay. Groundhog day. This is one of my favorite movies of all time maybe it's i think it's the arguably the second best comedy or third best ever still holds up 100 percent. it Classic. does hold up uh surprisingly i think it's one just due to the acting it's probably um obviously bill murray has had some more successful serious roles but to me this is probably his best comedic role uh is andy mcdowell um uh is pretty good um I don't think I think I did meet what the one guy from the movie the, the one he keeps meeting on the street with the glasses Ned Ryerson. Yeah, yeah. Needlenose Ned Ned the head case western yeah. guy. <laughs> and uh this is actually I've not been to any locations but people this is a very popular uh location visit. And I think they might even have something on the street uh in the the bricks or something to commemorate the location so. Which yeah, is yeah, cool. it was filmed in um Illinois. I've no Wisconsin. Idea. It was not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I know that much. I think it was filmed near Woodstock, Illinois, or something like that. Um, 
but yeah, the the town. I've looked at somebody's site that that posted pictures from this, and uh, it still looks relatively the same. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a it's a timeless movie. It definitely um, works for the uh, humor. The humor still holds up, mm-hmm. as well as the acting. And Andy McDowell's cute in it and fun. And Chris Elliott is just a moron, and it works. It's great. <laughs> Still very quotable too. Yes, You're terrible. Who told you? <laughs> um, those are the t- top ten highest-grossing films of 1993 via box office mojo. Honorable mentions: Rising Sun is number one. This is Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Sean, Sean Connery, Connery as I can't remember. Of course, I like to see new <laughs> Japanese girls getting their nipples dipped in tea in the opening scene, which is a real thing. Um, that was a thing in yeah. '93, apparently. So, so Michael Crichton obviously was hot, um, and I don't know if they knew enough at the time to turn this book into a, a movie as well, since it kind of was concurrent with, or even could have been before Jurassic Park. But I remember when this movie came out, um, they were kind of hyping, you know, the new Michael Crichton, or you know, even though he was just was based on book, but. Sure. Um, I, I do try to I, I do like thrillers and kind of mystery thrillers and at the I usually have like oh this I think I might like this and I'll rewatch it and I'm like no it's still not that good no I haven't seen it in a while I'm going to take your word for it uh, dazed and confused this is a coming of age story uh, lots of memorable characters probably most famous is Matthew McConaughey. In this yeah, film, well, yeah, and where was the shot, Robert? Is this in California? Aust- no, this is in Austin. Actually, I went to all the locations. I just have not made a page for it yet. So, oh, yeah, be under construction. <laughs> this is <laughs> under construction. Is it really? No, uh, no, I don't know. I think it's. I don't know why I've not made a page for it yet. So it's just uh, actually I've been to a couple of locations twice because I didn't either hit them all or, or so forth. But but yeah, so this is end up being one of my favorite movies. I didn't watch it until I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, so for the most part, it does hold up for me. It it kind of loses its steam towards the end, but mm-hmm. I think it was Parker Posey's first role, maybe. I think you're right. And. Uh, uh, Renee Zellweger's in this as well. Her and Matthew were in uh, Texas Chainsaw, uh, The Next Generation, <laughs> that same year or the year before, I think. That's a, that's a that's a, a, a that's a masterpiece. Uh, so, that one, but but yeah, so th- this still holds it for me. Um, it could have been, you know, that was kind of I grew up in the '70s, so I kind of I thought Lick later kind of made it all work. He did, and this is a great, I think summer coming of age movie in the same uh, a different vein than stand by me but the same kind of like end of summer fun like last to raw before we have to like grow up a little bit kind of film which always works if done right so did you and see, it has um, love hurts in it the song yeah, love yeah. Hurts. <laughs> which love it makes it, it, they might have picked uh paid a pretty paid a pretty penny for the soundtrack for this one yeah yeah, it's a great soundtrack. They, there was a lot of rights being used. Did you see uh, Everybody Wants Some, which is kind of referred to as the soul sequel to this one? No. So, and it came out mm, about five years ago. So, and I actually went to the locations for that as well, and not posted yet. But uh, it, and people say it's not really a sequel, but it does take place first going back going to college, different yeah. characters, but. 
um, I thought it was pretty intentional that everybody wants some. So Days Confused ends, you know, at the highway, and they're kind of driving, and uh, everybody wants some. I think it's, it might be the same highway. Uh, starts with the highway scene as they're going to college. So I know what you're talking about. Actually, I have not seen it. It's okay. Not as memorable. Yeah, it, it's okay. Not a, not as memorable, but it feels like they're trying to kind of capture lightning in a bottle again. And it's, uh, not quite yeah. not working. Not working. Yeah. Uh, next is Body Bags. This is John Carpenter. Uh, this is like uh, not a mini series, but there's like it's like a creep show where there's like three different stories. Yes. Yes, have uh, seen this. I think it was like a Showtime thing. So, so I don't know if it can, counts as an official film, but it showed up somewhere. Maybe they did. They did release it, but and uh, I went to a few locations way back in the day for that. Yeah, I don't. I do remember seeing this once. I don't remember how. How was it? Is it? Is it a good one? It's okay. It's the the John Carpenter one. I remember he lifted from himself directly some Halloween moments. Um, and it's funny, like you, you can't, you can't do that again. Even you know, what is it, uh, fifteen years later, or whatever it happens to be, and it's Carpenter yeah. directing it. But there, there's, a, I just remember there's a scene where uh, the killer more or less sits up in the background, uh, just like Michael Myers does. And I'm like, oh. and you're like, well, any other director, you're like, well, you're just stealing now, but it's Carpenter stealing from himself. So I don't, that doesn't really count. But do you give him a pass for that? Uh, I, I give Carpenter a lot of passes for his breadth of work uh, from the 70s and 80s. Deservingly so. Yeah. It's like when Wes Craven tried to do uh, Big Shocker into like a Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, absolutely. And and Craven has had more misses than hits, but his yeah. hits have been huge. When I mean, have been game or genre game changers. So you do forgive cursed and uh <laughs> he's kind of like the Shyamalan of deep horror movies Shyamalan has had some great movies but had a lot of like what are you doing yeah Shyamalan's so probably split even keeled 50 50 at this point speaking of uh <laughs> I, I was watching a video of, of uh some video about the happening uh which was talking about how this that it all takes place in the same universe uh, that he's created and some stuff like that. So we, maybe we'll save that for the 2008 show. Let's yeah, let's do that. What do you mean yeah. though? The same universe. The happening is the same universe as uh, Split and uh, or, or there's a couple of films he thinks takes place in the same Shyamalan universe. Maybe not Split, but there's a couple of other films I can't remember. I'll have to interesting. I'll think back on it. And and how he says it's not really the plants at all. Oh, he uh, it's Signs. It takes place in the same universe as Signs. <laughs> Okay, I'd be and, I'd be curious about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole theory of like there's actually no aliens and signs at all. Despite that's what a, that's seeing. not a, a real theory. And then, <laughs> um, and to say uh, more or less because uh, in signs they're breathing, it's the they breathe the chemicals into uh, their mouths, you know, to put the little boy to sleep and stuff like that. And saying it's not the plants at all; it's aliens putting stuff into the air. I could. Okay, well, the, the the thing in the air is makes people homicidal and suicidal. The thing in signs just kills you. So they're two different things. Yeah. But we can talk about that in another show. So anyway, we'll save that. So that's a good discussion, though. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, I don't just skip uh, Demolition Man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Demolition Man. This is be well, John Spartan. 
Three Seashells. Still holds up for me. Still a fun ride. And who doesn't want a universe where the only restaurant is Taco Bell? <laughs> so I still, that's a line I still say. If I'm driving, you know, by or if that's well, what I, I choose. What's your boggle? No, I say, no, every restaurant's Taco Bell. <laughs> no, every restaurant's Taco Bell. Rat, or, it's rat, rat burger. It's yes. good, not bad. The best burger I ever had. <laughs> And I did actually. I tried to go to a few locations for this. I haven't. I haven't done enough to create a page yet. Um, but they did uh, kind of, um, kind of the uh, Irvine Orange area in San Diego for to find super modern places at the time. You did a good job. I don't, I don't think you are, I've ever seen these. No, not yet. What are you doing with them? I'm holding out until. Sometimes Is I need to have a few more locations before I can just put them out there. Yeah, you have to. Uh, you're a craftsman. You have to do what's right when you're ready. You can't let corporate or the masses <laughs> dictate when the next single comes out. You do it when you're comfortable and you feel it's done, Robert. Yeah, if it's the like, right time, I'll do it. Like Guns N' Roses, with the bad example, but it's like how they waited ten years for their last album because they're like, it's not ready yet. It's like eh, it's, yeah, it's it's as yeah. good as it's ever gonna be. So maybe by what twenty twenty three, I'll be ready because that'll be the anniversary year or so. Do you get a lot of requests for set jetting? Um, yeah, sometimes I get some weird, not weird, um, kind of ones that uh, strange movies or ones that are, are, aren't as popular. So nobody's asking me for the Back to the Future house locations. They should be able to find that on their own. But, uh, yeah. but I do get different requests for different smaller films. Do you ever have to politely deny or do you just not respond? If you get an email um, that says, can you do Beethoven second? What do you do? I was like, oh, oh, usually I kind of say, oh, I'll put it on my list, but I'm not sure if I'll get to that one. Or That's, that's very diplomatic. Yeah. But uh, I tried to think, anyways, I just said, no, I'm not going to be doing that. But Or there were some I was like, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to look for you, but I'm not going to Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I was on your site the other day for about an hour. I told you oh, I'm yeah. a fan. That's how I met you. I'm a fan of the set jetter. And... I was looking at the happening pictures and uh, Unbreakable. Great shots of Franklin Field, by the way. Oh, yeah. Did you get oh, those yeah, on the same trip? Because I don't... I'm, I was curious to ask you if you go to Philadelphia a lot. No, just for Madonna. Um, so if is she it, happens to be there, so... She's there uh, every tour, the Spectrum. Yeah, she or the usually Wells is. She, she wasn't this last tour. I didn't go to Philadelphia this last tour. I can't remember. I don't think she went there, but... Um, but yeah, so it was probably, probably the last trip where I did kind of a lot of those. I just remember walking a lot because... Um, I just remember my feet were hurting when I got back, and for some reason I splurged and I got this kind of two-level uh, uh, loft uh, in a boutique hotel. As I literally, nice. this is the one time I was like, I was struggling to go upstairs, the upstairs bedroom, because my feet hurt so bad. Oh, is that bad? Yeah, but um, yeah, well, but Franklin Field, I do remember because I really don't think I was supposed to be in there. But um, and I kind of got. I wondered my shot. how you got access in there. And then, as I was, you know, just walk with confidence. And then, uh, yeah. I think when I was leaving, I think somebody was kind of come out to me. You know what I mean? And usually, what I do is like I just wave and and keep walking. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> whatever they it takes. They don't quite know what to do. So those are the things that honestly work most of the time. If you don't ask questions and you just say, "Oh, it's okay. I'm in here because of whatever," well, a lot of people won't question that because you know they're usually. People working lower wages that don't, yeah. you know, they're not going to enforce it unless you're 
they're gonna they know they're gonna get fired if they're yeah. doing this. A lot of times it's whatever. And I kind of look like an unassuming guy, so. Yeah, no, you have a friendly face. Last action hero uh, is next on the list. Um, this is uh, courtesy of setdashjar.com. Under construction, check back soon. We've been checking back since July 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know there are people that check this once a week and go, oh, today's I, the day? Not the day. Not the day. They, they're like, I really want the last action hero. So, yeah, cause the thing is, like, you can see, I have a lot of pictures, but I have no... I don't say where it's at or anything. So that's, this is pure laziness, but this is in Culver City. This is the uh, I knew it. The Under the Rainbow Hotel. Yeah. I, I had questions about these uh, pictures because you don't have a listing. I where know. is this? I've been thinking about this all week. Uh, that is in Malibu, California. Malibu? Yep. Hmm. That was way off. Yeah. Hey, what, what, yeah, what, I should say, what was your guess? <laughs> well, the this exterior right here, we're talking about yeah. the scene outside the blockbuster. Blockbuster, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, at the time it was supposed to be. And the mountains here look exactly like the shopping center in Encino with the oh. hills back. I, I thought that you were going to say this is by Louise Avenue in Encino. But Malibu, Sorry. I never would have guessed that. Yep. Um, and it's actually kind of almost, so the next location I think was actually in Malibu. as well. No, I'll take that back. But uh, So this is Sony Pictures, but played the police station. And this does have one of my favorite shots when uh, uh, the... Robert Patrick that is in his Terminator 2 costume leaving, <laughs> as well yeah. as um, Sharon Stone in her basic instinct costume. So I thought that was it's a nice. great shot. Yeah. That would just go over everybody now. Like, this is Benedict's house. So this is like the wrong house. Like for some reason, they're driving. I just found this location. So, And this house is in Malibu. Uh, the, the big one, uh, if you go up one, the mansion is actually in Malibu, and it is on a next to the ocean, kind of over a bluff. Oh wow! There's the gate. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and the uh, the house in the hilltop took me a while to find. I can't remember how I found it, but I don't think anybody's been there yet, so it's hard to kind of get some good shots. But that's where that is. I was wondering how you found this house. I don't remember now. I think there's because an it's address a, it's a, it's not a It's not an imposing yeah. like no. architectural and is, thing. No. And that is actually probably somewhere near you because I think it's close to Tarzana. Could be. Those hills wind up there. You yeah. get a lot of stuff that looks just like this. Yep. Was this the original Hyatt for the funeral scene? It looks like it, they, they built a new one. Uh, it was. Actually, so the, the big red thing that you see on the roof, yeah. that was all built for the movie. Oh, okay. So this is kind of the hotel. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. So, and I think the, I don't know if they built a f false elevator or something off to the side or next to kind of the real elevator. But yeah. So, from what I remember, everything, this whole big red thing, funeral thing that was all built uh, on top of the roof. So, and the areas around it and, and still pretty much look the same. Um, yeah. In Long Beach, right? Yeah. Yep. And I think, yeah, because I know I burst your bubble that, uh, when you're talking about the tar pits. <laughs> so the tar pits were just oh, yeah. uh, right over kind of in the little field around there. So, um, so yeah, the tar pits weren't the actual La Brea tar pits. They weren't the actual ones. No. They were a facade. Yes. <laughs> so I will do my best to get that page. No, you take your, you do what's right for you. <laughs> you don't answer to anybody. Uh, next is on honorable mentions, What's that? Not even to the podcast. <laughs> no, no, you you hold the cards. 
Next is The Good Son. Macaulay Culkin's second most well-known role, probably, outside of Home Alone. Um, that people yeah, talk about. Yeah, right? that's where he kind of started calling his own shots. So, um, so for the most part, this does hold up for me because um, nothing's scarier than an evil little kid. No way. Um, yeah, it's creepy. And you just you hate him, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You want it, you want to kill yeah. him in the movie. You want him dead, and he he's evil, and he 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 owns it. Yeah, and I feel like that really uh, held up for me. It's and an uncomfortable then, performance. And maybe the, it could have been like a Sophie's Choice too, where the mother's holding on, like, "Oh, which one do I hold on to?" <laughs> right. Good point. But still holds up uh, for me as well. It does. Uh, Philadelphia is nineteen ninety three. This was a landmark film. This uh, Ted Dem, Jonathan Dem, Jonathan Dem. Uh, HIV, Tom Hanks, Oscar-winning performance, the first of two back-to-back for him. So, um, I just watched this not too long ago. It still, it still holds up. There's still some dated adages that uh, we've come a long way since 1993, mm-hmm. of course. But um, still holds up in terms of performance uh, from Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Yep, I haven't seen it in a while either. I remember... Uh, is it Bruce Springsteen does the song? Yeah. Yeah, so I remember that. It's probably more memorable for me than the, the movie. But Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, next we have Gettysburg. I added this in to see if you've ever seen this. Five I don't think I have. Epic. I don't think I have. You haven't seen this four and a half hour epic? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. It's, if you like I've seen the good son, though. Movies, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's Martin Sheen as uh Robert E. Lee and Jeff Daniels as uh I think Pickett. I forget who it is. But it's a good Civil War movie. It's historically mostly accurate and uh it has good performances. But it is it is a long one. Gotcha. You have to be in the mood for uh, for an epic. And does it hold up for you? Certainly does. Just watched it not too long ago. Uh, like in the last two weeks, it's still a good movie. So see where Jeff Daniel gives a speech. He goes, bayonets in the woods. <laughs> and it's so much louder than his speech. And everyone's like, yeah. But he's like, and we're going to march forth today and defeat General Lee's on bayonets. And he just <laughs> screams. And you're like, whoa, whoa. Easy on the ears, bud. Well, and for our epics, you need to wake them up every thirty. That's minutes. what it, it woke so, me yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What? Oh, the bayonet scene." Next is Beverly Hillbillies, and the ongoing fascination of making TV shows from the fifties and sixties into films in the early nineties. Look at Adam's Family. Uh, I haven't seen this ever, Robert. I'm relying on you. Uh, this one does still hold up for me, and this is where I feel okay. like a really. Uh, uncultured person where I'm like, yeah, I haven't watched Gettysburg, but I sure do love the Beverly Hills Billies uh, <laughs> movie based on a TV show. Um, and I think it's because you have Lily Tomlin and um, okay, Cloris Leachman plays Granny. And uh, yeah, so it, it's the cast that kind of makes it up. And I remember being really excited because Dolly Parton has a cameo. So you oh, have cool. Li- Lily, Dolly, and uh, who played Mr. Hart? Dabney Coleman. 
uh, all in the same movie. So I thought okay. that was kind of, kind of fun. So, um, so yeah. So if I'm flipping and this is on, I definitely stop and watch. Beverly Hillbillies. I should check it out. I it's, didn't see it as a kid because I didn't know the original show. Yeah. I remember Which, people being like, my, you know, my parents saying like, oh, this was a, a big show back when we were kids and that kind of thing. Um, I do like that you said you haven't seen Gettysburg, but you've seen this movie. Because <laughs> I, I, I think I don't think I love when people do that. I don't think it matters. I think I respect that because people go, you haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh, you're a terrible person. It's like, yeah. What? I, I have never seen The Big Lebowski, but I've seen Jason Takes Manhattan 20 times. <laughs> so take that, internet. That, that's your film. I mean. That's it. There, there's, I've seen another video where, speaking of Jason Takes Manhattan, he was trying to, uh, more or less he was trying to figure out, answer questions like, how did the ship get there? And he, there's a huge convoluted way on, he felt like, you know, at one point Crystal Lake, the, the lake was dredged out and they, they made it to a, another bay and then that bay actually does have access to the ocean and, and so forth. Like this whole convoluted story. Somebody, yeah. To, to, somebody gave it so, justice. Yeah. So it makes sense that they could, this could actually happen. But <laughs> People put their time into this. <laughs> Did um, I, I like when fans put the time into explaining it. Because they're like, you know what? We're not going to be had by you sensible logic people. Yeah. This is what really happened. Uh, next is Hotshot's Part Hot Deux. Deux. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I have a hard time remembering the difference between the first one and this one. Uh, so Guilty. I think I remember the poster more than anything. So uh, Does not hold up. It was kind of pretty light at the time. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I still like the movie. I'll still watch it. Some of the, the thing the scenes are funny to me, but there is a lot of dated humor. And they they absolutely blend together for me too. I don't know which one is which. Um Fugitive is next. This is different oh. than the Fugitive. I <laughs> know for some reason I, I didn't realize the fugitive was a top ten or maybe oh, okay. place. So I was I happy to, to go no, fugitive. But so we'll we'll skip by that one for now. But what do we got next? Body Snatchers. Have you seen this one? I've seen this one many times. Uh, so this was uh, uh, kind of a... I don't know if I call it a guilty pleasure, but it is kind of something that kind of... Uh, it, do, it certainly does not reach the scales of, of the, the 1959 or the 1978. Um, this is kind of a smaller, kind of condensed version and takes place on a military base. Um, and Probably there one of my favorite Meg Tilly roles and lines that there's a couple lines in this movie that I still say to this day. Go to sleep. <laughs> this is what I, I say to my cats: get in bed. Get in bed. That's what I'm thinking of. I was I thinking s- of that. Yeah, get I said, in bed. get in bed. <laughs> I <laughs> and said, then of course, get in bed. Where are you gonna? Isn't Forrest Whitaker in this? Where are you gonna hide? Yep. No, he's the guy that shoots himself, right? I think so. Yeah. So that he that was probably his one day. Uh, shot so Billy Worth, one of the original Lost Boys, mm-hmm. is in here. Um, Christina Lee from Child's Play Two and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. So it has a, a decent cast, and um, it has, um, yeah. So I still like it, and it has the same sound effect. You know, they make the same scream, so it kind of takes place in the same um, Invaders and uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers universe uh, from the like the seventy eight. But it, that, it's been interesting how many times this kind of keeps. Being remade and yeah. 
what was the Nicole Kidman called? The Invasion? Um, the Abortion. It was just kind of nothing. The Invasion well, was with... Uh, Daniel Craig. Yep, Daniel Craig. Um, Veronica we'll, we'll write it down, ma'am. Don't you need my information? We'll look it up if we need you. <laughs> Boy, these aliens are lying really badly. Um, and and it would be interesting. I think they should do another version now. You know, it's kind of especially because it is Nicole Kidman. Uh, so because with Ultimate Botox, like nobody has facial expressions. How are you supposed to tell any? You know. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah. I still like Body Snatchers. Still holds up for me. It's a it's a guilty pleasure, as you said. But I do like the ending where they uh they blow up the pods with the helicopter and then you think it's over and then you hear that ominous voice go there is no one like you left and you go well did they get him or not what happened just body snatchers too body snatchers too next is the sandlot uh this is a favorite of mine this still holds up for me it's a nostalgic film that actually did well in the aftermarket this was not a big movie when it came out believe it or not um yeah so this is it's not one of my favorites but i know it is a fan favorite and it is a uh set jetter favorite for people people love to go to these locations and is it in utah yeah you've seen the sandlot theatrically i did not no neither did i i was not made for me what was i 23 at the time yeah this was not uh, we can all agree though it's better than Rookie of the year. Oh. Um, a kid in King Arthur's it, court. <laughs> oh, gosh. We had, I guess, we had a lot of. Ba- we had a big baseball run. That's probably post Field of Dreams that that kind of became. But you know, they had to build an audience that you know, if you're going to have a baseball movie, you can just have a built-in X amount of people are going to go see it because it's the new baseball movie. Yeah, you're going to have people check it out. Next is A Bronx Tale. This is Robert De Niro directed this and starred in it with Chaz Palminteri and the kid that went to jail for a while, Lilo Brincato. Um, It's a good mafia movie. I enjoy it. It's based on a play, which I believe up until a few years ago was still a one-man play with Chaz Palminteri. Mm. But it's a a well-done movie in terms of uh, music, historical, um, you know, New York in the 50s and 60s, and... uh, the mafia it's a good it's a good acting film i don't think i've seen it so i don't know i can't comment it's good it's fun uh what do we have next robert schindler's list which uh i always forget that uh, (laughs) spielberg's two i say biggest films for lack of a better word were the same year um and you you can't get uh quite a different spectrum uh, between Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, um, so it kind of goes back to one his talent, and then I don't. I try to think if it's a big a deal in a time that this he shot it in black and white. Um, if that was a big deal for people at the time, or people maybe only Spielberg could get away with it. I don't know. I think it was it was spoken about a lot. It was it got a lot of press, but it was he definitely got away with it um, because of the subject matter and the story goes, or it's documented, not a story that he had to start work on Schindler's List like right after Jurassic Park. So a lot of the the post production he left to George Lucas to kind of oversee. So that cuz Spielberg said in an interview like in his documentary which is pretty cool that he was filming Schindler's List and then at nighttime he would have to spend 
watching like you know video footage the dailies overnighted from jurassic park and it just didn't make sense to him because he's like here i am shooting this movie about the holocaust and then i'm looking at like dinosaurs running like I, it's <laughs> it's so silly to me to even look at this so we kind of left it to george lucas like i trust you but yeah i'm filming about like six million people getting murdered i can't like do this right now no um it, it is kind of always a weird dichotomy and the same thing is like you know we were in the same podcast we're talking about the beverly hillbillies and schindler's list i mean right and that's also the, just the nature of uh, movies and, and entertainment as well. Did this one do best picture for him and director? I can't. Good question. Uh, it did one or the other or yeah. both, but I'm not sure which one. I would think if he won best director, that would make sense for this. I should know this, but I don't. But, um, but yeah, so and obviously this, I don't think anybody... Nobody's attempted this level of film since that time, from what I remember. Yes, he won both. Best Picture, yeah. Best Director. It won seven Academy Awards. Gotcha. Next we have... What is next, Robert? What is Manhattan this? Murder Mystery. So, Woody Allen, uh, you take it with a huge grain of salt. Uh, I actually did see this in the theater. And uh, this is where I've been getting to when I talk about independent films. So, this is even though it's Diane Keaton and actually I think it was originally supposed to be Mia Farrow. He wrote this for, and this is when his life. Why didn't that happen? <laughs> fall apart. So Diane Keaton to the rescue. Um, and so this is one of those, I, Angelica Houston. Um, Love her. I, I remember at the time I would, I'd be almost crying laughing at, and it's all about performances and stuff like that. Less Woody Allen. I mean, it's usually, all the other people uh, in the movie is Alan what makes Alda. it. Yes, um, and I'm trying to. And I still there's still lines that I still say. Uh, Angelica Houston uh, has a great line in here. Uh, she's like, "And when I come back from the bathroom, I'll tell you how to catch him." And like she gets up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this does have a great cast. This is a good movie. This definitely still holds up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't now see the, this theatrically. I saw this like years later. I think, and I remember, because we have like a small independent film cinema uh, here, and I think I remember kind of seeing it at the, that, that theater, but which is kind of the only place. It wasn't playing at the big multiplexes. But, no. Uh, but yeah, so I definitely have good memories of this. And I have it on Laserdisc. Uh, that's the best place to see a movie, though, those small town theaters that only play independents. I've seen a few Woody Allens at the hometown I grew up. In uh, Pennsylvania, like Celebrity, when that came out, it had like DiCaprio in it, but it wasn't playing anywhere else. Yeah, uh, I'm a big DiCaprio fan, so it was a big deal for me. And you know, those small independent movies that get all these awards, you know, but they don't—they're not huge like mainstream. Um, and it's such a cool, intimate experience because like the people care there. The seats are old. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's like the way to see it for the for, like art house kind of films. I agree. Next is not quite Disney's The Rocketeer, but there are rockets. It's RoboCop 3. Oh. Robert actually covered this cinematic gem. I did. I don't, which is surprising. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I won't watch Gettysburg, but uh, oh, do I have a bad, do I have a bad link on this? Nope. It's probably my computer. There are no I, bad no, links. It, it's only Zool. I probably, I spelled it wrong. Um, so you can type over and spell RoboCop correctly, RoboCop 3. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, this one, so the RoboCop one was shot in uh, Dallas, and I can't remember RoboCop two was shot, but anyway, um, 
but yeah, I so, believe was RoboCop two. Gotcha. And so right? RoboCop, yeah, so RoboCop three, I really can't remember where they filmed it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to go to my web website. So maybe I maybe maybe I don't make a page for it. I thought I did. That's okay. Well, anyway, I'll check on that for all you. Anyway, think. the movie sucked. But it I'm does sure suck. So <laughs> seeing the picture location pictures would not even help. But but yeah, so movie sucked, and then. The thing is, it got even worse after uh, <laughs> RoboCop 3. You thought, oh, this is the bottom of the barrel, and yeah. then they had some more TV movies. So, Yeah, you I, thought that would be it. Yeah, I think. So that's probably enough uh, airtime for RoboCop 3. And then Dimension Film or whoever did it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just wait. <laughs> There's Just more to milk from this. Wait. <laughs> Fatal Instinct. Have you even heard of this one? Sure have. Oh, it's uh, also trying to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Fatal Instinct is, though. I've heard it of this. is another spoof of sorts. Um, so of kind of a, the Naked Gun. Oh God, this movie shot. was so bad. It is achingly bad. Of <sighs> just you know, there'll be stretches and stretches of just no laughs, and and if you do have a, a laugh or whatever, it's kind of a, a giggle maybe. Sean Young. Doing her best, <laughs> if whatever that this means. This movie was but, bad. I think I've seen is. this twice. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, that you mentioned it though. <laughs> well, that's what I have to mention because I'm like building it well. The kind of crap that we had to sit through and not know how bad it would be. So it has it has fairly big names attached. I mean, it was written by Carl Reiner, right? I think I just saw that. Yes, it's uh, yeah, it's directed by Carl Reiner. So. Yeah, it's just uh, it was a it was a bad flick. Next, we have Jennifer Aniston's most famous role, Leprechaun, off to get me cold in the County Cork. Oh, Leprechaun! Um, semi holds up, and I know we talked about this before. And and where's it supposed to place? One of the Dakotas, I think. But yeah, it's supposed to take place in North Dakota, a via Mulholland Drive. Right? Isn't it in the yeah. canyon somewhere? Yeah, somewhere um, up in, yeah, kind of way up there. So um, uh, it, it semi holds up. It's uh, it's one of those things that I think people remember more fondly than uh, their kind of reality. Because when you do watch it, it's like, oh, it not not as much happens in Leprechaun 1, you know? No. No, as I watched you... it maybe a few weeks ago. And it was streaming somewhere. And it exactly what happened is what you just said. You watch it, you're like, yeah, it's, it's more fun to talk about Leprechaun. Yeah, and I think in our mind, you have like Leprechaun 3 and 2, you know, and uh, Leprechaun yeah, in the Hood and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's been kind of got a little crazy, but this is still early 90s horror. So, Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad they did this. Uh, I like the rainbow. You got some good shots here. <laughs> Young Jennifer Aniston, that guy from <laughs> Tremors, forget his name. And... Uh, also, what's his name from April Fool's Day? Can't remember his name either. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we got some, there's some names in here though, yeah. but it's good. This is uh, right before Jennifer Aniston did Friends. Yes. Right? Because Friends was yeah. like 94. 94, I think, the same. So I think this was probably one of her, uh, obviously, first films. And uh, she did a bit better. Yep. They share a hospital with Halloween 3. That's right. That no longer exists, but. There's the kid from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. 
They also share the uh, the Saugus Cafe, which is still in business, and you can eat. And I think I actually ate at that table uh, uh, at the Saugus Diner. Or Saugus oh, really? Di- yeah. Saugus Diner. Saugus, Ca- Saugus Cafe. Saugus I Cafe. I, I knew I had it right the first time. but well, I'm uh, glad that you went there. Yeah, so this is filmed quite. Uh, this place is filmed quite a bit because it's uh, obviously it looks. As you could say, nothing has changed. The lights or the curtains. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. In uh, in, a, in a long time. <laughs> so no infrastructure be, up, upgrading. It, it could be any there. year you want at the Saugus Cafe. Right, any year that that tickles your fancy, <laughs> so be it. I like that you covered the leprechaun. Yeah, apparently I went out of my way to find some of these weird highway shots, but you're a completist. You did a great I, job, Warwick yep. Davis. Yes, he was lovely. He was an Ewok too. He was. That was that was his breakout role. What was he? Thirteen or something? Pretty cool. Very young. Uh, honorable mentions is Sliver. Did we? No, I guess we talked about Basic Instinct. I think we talked about that, and then Sliver came the next year. So her hair was a little longer. Right. Uh, speaking of Rosemary's Baby, it's an Ira Levin book that it's based on. Uh, Tom Berenger, and it's a little too by the numbers. I mean, she was looking for a good follow up, and um, but yeah, just didn't. Didn't really whip your cream. Did not. So I do actually want to go visit this building. It's an actual building in New York, but I have not. Oh, but cool. You'll get I'll there be, though. I'm sure. I'll be the one person to take a shot of it and like. Every, every, what you all been waiting for, the Sliver location. Well, the goal is before you die is to hit every movie ever made ever. in Oof. the top 30 for every year ever. I that's do start. It. Okay. Oh, God, that's quite a... Top quite a 30. Tour. Yeah. Top 30. <laughs> so, I was thinking, what are we going to do when we get catch up to do they still hold up 30 episodes now? Do we just find a new segment or do we go back in time? Like, 1942, <laughs> does it still hold up? Number this, ten was whites only on the bus. Oh, I don't think that holds up. <laughs> yeah, I I thought we could maybe go backwards in time, and it'll be strange because uh, when you go back through like box office mojo or different things, uh, you start hitting years where like only fifteen films came out that year. You know, it was like <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It's not like today. Yeah, and but films would be playing in theater for months at a time. Crazy. Uh, next is, oh, Sliver. Uh, does that still hold up for you? No. No. Um, Cal- California. This is, uh, we've spoke about this before. This is yes. Brad Pitt. This is one of his darker roles. Brad Pitt, Juliette Lewis, uh, Michelle Forbes, David Duchovny. Uh, so this was, was one of my favorite films. And so it still, uh, kind of works for me. Uh, a lot of it was shot in Atlanta, or the kind of Atlanta area, and so when I was down there, um, this this some of these same streets were also used in Baby Driver. I recognized when I was Baby watching Driver. Yeah, so um, and some of these apartment, like I don't know how I found their apartment. It took a while. I think I had to use some background things to kind of figure out what still exists there. But have you seen this one? I have. Yeah, I've seen this one a few times. I. This was like a cult classic, too. I remember I saw it when it came out in video. I obviously didn't see this in the theater. But uh, when it came out in video, I watched it a few times. And like years later in college, I know there were some people I knew that liked this movie. And we watched it again. It was like a cool, it was like a cool thing to do. Many, many lines that I still say to this day. 
uh, mostly Juliet Lewis lines. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So I. What's know, one hey, of the lines? Uh, hey, everybody! I got a camera. Uh, <laughs> literally. Hey, everybody! I got a camera. Um, uh, there's this. That's funny. Semi-horrible scene where Michelle Forbes is talking to her, and and she's like, "Does he beat you?" And she's like, "Oh no! Only when I deserve it." Oh yeah, I remember that. That is bad. That is terrible, but it is oh, funny. But uh, and it's more or less her line readings is just. Um, it, oh no! Yeah. Only when I deserve it. <laughs> See, I wasn't even supposed to be drinking. <laughs> it just means typical Hollywood enablers. <laughs> I've seen this movie way too many times. That... They lost some birds in this location. They did. Um, so at least there's still one there. And I remember this was a little bit. Is it a paycheck plus? Okay, I can't remember. I felt a little as like I need to um, out bonding and stuff. I was like. I'm just going to take a few pictures and get out of there. I don't want to mess around too much with... Yeah, you don't mess around with clientele that are like, I'm here to get my bail bonds. Yeah, so I think I did some (laughs) stealth pictures here. Like, get what I need. And it's It's the kind of place where you ask, uh, hey, excuse me, sir, can you tell me where to get here? And they go, sure thing, back the way you came from is where it is. And you go, oh, okay. (laughs) Have a good day. I'm from Nebraska. I don't know these things. I don't know these things. So it's mostly Atlanta, except for the last uh, scene was actually shot in California. And I was only there accidentally. So uh, this hotel seemed to be all a big oh mess. Gosh. And it was a, I think they've began to rebuild it since I've done my visit when I saw some pictures. But it was kind of uh, uh, sketchy. <laughs> and it's then, very uh, sketchy. So I happened to be at this location for a completely different reason. Um, so this oh. was house was in um, Arrested Development season four, I think. So, and as, as you can see, they actually did some uh, additions to it, but you can still see it's the same house more or less. Oh, cool! California is very good. Here's you with Juliette Lewis. Um, calendar. Girl. <laughs> I put this for you. I love it. I've only seen it a few times. Well, I've seen it a few times, but it was I was a kid. It went out of print. Uh, <laughs> this is a terrible movie. Jason Priestley and his two cronies are going across the country to meet Marilyn Monroe. Yes, it feels like it should have been like an '86 movie, but uh, maybe it's an '86 script leftover. Could be. Calendar Girl is one of those movies not dissimilar to the 1997-1998 movies like Picture Perfect, Fools Rush In with all the Friends cast. Do you remember they were doing, they each did yeah. like a movie that year? Because Beverly Hills 90210 was the hottest thing in the world in 1992-93. So all of them got like a movie. And this yeah. was like one of those movies. Jason Priestley, Luke Perry got Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. So... It's like one. They just threw it to. They were so hot. They're like, it's going to do well opening weekend, no matter what. Just get. Yeah. They just made these movies. Do you remember the Friends movies? Like, Fools Rush In with Matthew Perry and Picture Perfect with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> there was. They all got a movie and like yeah. Ed, the worst movie considered considered the worst movie ever with uh, Matt LeBlanc. Like they all did these movies. Well, they'd have to because like one, you know, they. I'm sure they offered him a great amount of, of money. Of course. Um. As as they should, um, but yeah, what would you else do? Especially the nine hundred two one zero kids. I don't think they were being paid very well at all, especially the early years. Um, no, so yeah, take the money, take the money and run. 
Uh, next on honorable mentions is Witchboard 2. This is one that Robert has covered. This is 93's yeah. Witchboard 2. Ooh, a doorway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I haven't done a full page, moved over to Set Jetter. So, uh, the Nate Starkman building is used quite a bit. This is used in everything from It's Sunny in Philadelphia to The Morning After to it, like, literally shows up in hundreds of films. And it's I know this from, from uh, Always Sunny, this door. Gotcha. And I've never actually seen it. So, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, but it's it's this building has been used so many times. It's just like I was surprised they actually people still use it. <laughs> yeah, do you think it's overused? So, um, but yeah, so um, but yeah, so I kind of went and did a lot of locations, and eventually I'll move this over to uh, the website. So, actual scrap and metal that's still the same place in reality. The fa- <laughs> I like when places don't change for thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You're like, oh, you're still doing it. Yeah, and down in San Pedro, and I went and found all the streets that they filmed the the car out of control uh, locations. You did a good job. Thank you. What year was this that you did this? Was this like a um, long time ago? Probably ten years ago, maybe. Okay, so, you posted yeah. Superman two today. Were those yes. Niagara Falls pictures from when you were a kid? They were. Because I, I, I saw some of those backgrounds and I, some of those clothes look pretty questionable. I was 16 at the time, I think. So um, I think I put a picture of me at 16 where I, was, where I had to weigh, weigh what, 120 pounds, maybe tops. Um, but yeah, I remember. So that, technically, that was probably one of my also first location experiences. I just remember it, I was at Niagara Falls. I'm like, oh, this is our Superman 2. And it was only a few years later. So everything kind of looked nice. the same. Um, I did a little... Yeah quick look to see what that area looks like now and you, nothing is the same i mean they built on top of it you know where the hot oh. dog stand was and everything and completely um, different and uh i do remember going so down in the rapids and that's where she jumps into uh into the rapids um and i remember i didn't know where we were going and i this is kind of a couple miles down the way and i remember I'm like this is also superman too so i was really excited about that and i i must have known enough at the time because i went over and took pictures of the rocks where she um, he saves her and stuff like that that she swims into. So I'm probably early or very early set jetting as a teenager. That was where set jetting originated. Nobody was doing it at that time. You were the yeah. first. <laughs> and Robert doesn't age, listeners, so oh. we can't tell the <laughs> proximity. But I took it upon myself. I went down to the Registrar of Public Records, the Bureau, and in Omaha recently. And I pulled his files to see how old he was. And somebody tapped me on my shoulder and said, you don't want to go there. And it was men in black and I had to leave. And I'm telling you, Robert's like 300 years old. He just doesn't age. <laughs> I'm a lost boy. He's a lost boy. And finally, on honorable mentions, is When a Stranger Calls Back. Which, which is, is a horror film. It is a horror sequel. Um, and for some people, uh, a pretty good horror sequel. And I tend to agree. So When a Stranger Calls, the original, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Or at least the concept. I'm familiar with both, yeah. Yep. So the um, the first one, The Stranger Calls, really it's known for its first, you know, uh, opening opening first act, um, and then people kind of remember less the second act and a little bit of the third. So um, this became, I think it was a Showtime where it actually premiered. So and this was shot up in Vancouver. So um, oh, I okay. tracked down this house or the opening house and some other locations over the years and went to visit this house that you were featuring right now is 
just a few blocks from other locations in the Stepfather, Happy Gilmore, Final Destination, Carrie and Freddy versus Jason. So, and probably the stand too. <laughs> probably, <laughs> if I look, it is probably close. So, hey, I was uh, looking at your stand picture the other day. No, are you still looking at that? Well, the twenty twenty, you you yeah. updated like you know you put it on there. New York City was in um, Vancouver. Yes. Right. Correct. Or British Columbia or something. Yep, it was in Vancouver. Yep, downtown Vancouver. They did a good job of dressing that up. Yeah, they did pretty. Yeah, well, they, I they thought had I thought they did. Usually, well, same thing. It was not. It's not just Jason Tags Manhattan. It's also the stand. They have to just make it a little dirtier. Yeah, <laughs> dirty right? it up. Yeah, I'm sure the Canadians can't stand it. Like, ugh, make so it filthy. Yeah. Hey, we're trying to pass as America, but it's more overweight people in the back. Yeah. So I do remember I, I the original kind of concept scared me, you know. And so when the, I knew the sequel came out, I thought, oh, it's supposed to take place in a house or whatever. Or, or something. Uh, and so I thought, oh, I'll be safe or whatever. And I remember the opening act was pre- it's still pretty nail-biting on uh, how sure. she's terrorized. And um, so this one, the sequel does a much better job of kind of creating kind of more of a linear uh, timeline than the original film. But uh, it's still, this one still holds up for me. It gets a little loony towards the end, but a lot it of It gets people, a little over the top. It does. Yeah. But it is a good film. I agree with you. And um, so, I haven't seen the streaming anywhere in a while. Uh, it's probably hard to find. They did finally release it on Blu-ray a couple years ago. Uh, Carol Kane uh, comes back as well as Charles Durning. Um, so it's nice to kind of have that sequel. Uh, how do I say? Older people coming back for sequels that you people they're not people are like oh let's let's bring those favorites back. But right, that they kind let's of bring those guys back. So. Um, and I do remember, uh, I have met Carol Kane. And I remember the, the only thing I asked her is like, where's the When a Stranger's Call house? Because at the time, nobody <laughs> found it. And uh, she's like, uh, I don't know. She didn't <laughs> like, remember. No. And she's like, I'm like, all right, forget it then. Like, I think it'd be funny to see you in action, like meeting celebrities at these <laughs> conventions, but you just ask them locations like, oh, hey, thanks for coming. You're a big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like Back to the Future. By the way. <laughs> the house that Biff passed. Where where was that? I do usually do that. Uh, Good, I'm glad yeah, you do. Which is kind of like, so <laughs> really? do you remember where you filmed? And and you know what actually worked out was uh, Carolyn Williams it. from. She was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah, and she was also in the Stepfather too. And uh, I was like, I couldn't, oh. I can't find your house in the Stepfather too. She literally had all the call sheets for Stepfather two with her. No way. And yeah, and I was like, "What?" It was part of what? like she had her, she had her script and her call sheets, and and she was kind of selling it too. She would sign it and stuff like that. I'm like, "I'll take it." And so I remember that trip. Like literally, I think the next day I just went to the location because it was right there for me. So I wouldn't wow. have been able to find it otherwise. And of course, it was my usual. All roads lead to Burbank. It was in Burbank. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Where did she, she, she just happened to have the call sheets with her or whatever? Yeah, it was part of her script. She had her entire script and the call sheets. Uh, oh my gosh. All, all of her call sheets. So, which for setting, that's a dream just to have those. Oh access yeah. Access to those. Cause like that's, that has all the information that you would ever need. Yeah. You're matching up the address versus the scene and you're like, here we go. So, and that's one of the reasons I'm do, kind of doing a, a couple other films that I happen to find some call sheets. And I'm like, oh, this makes it easy. I'll go do that. Like which one? Can you give us I'll all keep, a hint? I'll keep it a secret for now, but it could be a Fair Fawcett film. Ooh, or it could be Calendar Girl. We're all hoping. Or Calendar Girl. 
Farrah Fawcett film. Very interesting. Okay, we'll look out for that. Uh, that includes 1993's Honorable Mentions. Uh, our final segment of the show is Can't Look Away. This is where the set jetters will discuss movies that they still watch, no matter how terrible they are to the naked eye. Robert, what? What? What is this? I always the come temp up with a, or another stakeout. I always have a couple of ties. I'm like, and usually I don't decide until uh, the time. I kind of, okay. You know, and so uh, at, at first I was thinking of another stakeout. Which are you familiar with? Yes, stakeout I am. too. Um, sure so is. this is the Rosie O'Donnell one. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know okay. why I'm still laughing because uh, here, here's the thing. I do look away from this one, so I probably doesn't does not count. So uh, I went. And I'm going to choose the temp. Larry Flynn Yes. Have you, are you familiar with this one? No. Uh, uh, Larry Flynn Boyle, Faye Dunaway. Um, huh. And it, it has one of my favorite kind of movie tropes, which is like, we need to find the ultimate cookie recipe. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You talked so, about that. Yeah. So this is the kind of like, it just does not kind of get any better uh, than, than this one. So Timothy Hutton's in it. Yes, so he was when he was still working, um, but uh, but yeah, so this this is the one that um, you know Faye Dunaway as the big mean boss and yeah, yeah. So this is the one. If I'm flipping, I'm like, oh, I'll I'll be stopping for the next hour to watch the rest of it. Also, uh, the cast is like there's are some good actors in here. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember who else is in it. Um, well, Faye Dunaway, Timothy Hutton. Yeah. I mean, Steven Weber. He's an Oscar nominee. Yeah. <laughs> so, doesn't get better than this cast. No, no, that's it. Sold. So, and you would take the temp over another stakeout. I would. I, I would have to because that, that one does stop me and it's in my tracks. I'm like, ooh, let's see if they come up with this gooey chocolate cookie recipe that everybody <laughs> <would> love. <laughs> the question is do you own it on Blu ray? I don't think I do. So okay, so you could do with that. See, that's the catalyst for me. If you own it on Blu-ray, it's worth checking out. If you don't, you're making me, you're making me look to see if it even is on Blu-ray. So it might. I don't. I don't think it is. I don't think it's just DVD only. So I am I holding think out. It's a company. I don't think the the mother company, the parent company, spent the money to update this to a digital format. I'm holding out for 4K of the temp. The <laughs> temp. Okay, and another stakeout does not match up to the temp. Or the Criterion Collection of the temp. Then oh. either one of those I will I'll buy. Okay. I, <laughs> I, it's my, uh, my Can't Look Away 93 is Jason Goes to Hell. The final Friday, there is an alien spawn baby thing, demon in here. Because Jason's not good enough, iconic enough. We got to throw in something else. Yeah. Apparently. So all the people that watched all these movies go to see this movie. Jason's not good enough. So they, they I I can't, but I'm always gonna watch it because it's still in the Friday the thirteenth canon. Is it? Really? Uh, <laughs> I mean they got the rights to do it. They could not use the term Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. That's why it's it's Jason goes to hell. Um but Jason's still in it, so they, they were able to do that. So I'll still watch it if yeah. it's on. And I saw it in the theater. Because I had to, you know, and I just remember how cheap it looked in the theater. I was just like, "Oh, this is so bad." 
cheaper than any of them and I couldn't quite you know the opening scene I was like all right and then it just he they blow him up and I'm like it just then I just went downhill from there so yep but needless to say of course I went to the locations or tried you to find go to the locations I really like those and just to add on what you said it 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 did something very different than the other ones it it did a lot of things different than the other ones and that's what <laughs> killed it but the opening was was very different in the sense that Jason was killed right off the bat it was a it was a well planned you know uh FBI or whatever police special ops SWAT team kind of mission going on and that changed like the whole dichotomy of Friday the 13th so when you see that you're like okay it's the 90s it's seven years after or five years whatever after Jason takes Manhattan this is like a new age upgraded kind of film and then after that it just gets worse and worse and you <laughs> you, you want to go back and watch Jason takes Manhattan because at least there was Jason in it a lot like doing his thing yeah, After this it's a lot of weird stuff going on. It does get into some weird. I can't remember what the guy with. Does he have like a ball gag and something weird? I can't remember. But yeah, it gets really weird with the cops. Yeah. It's just bizarre. And then, like I've said before, as a Friday the Thirteenth original fan, I was like, "What? What is <laughs> going on? How far have we fallen?" So, <laughs> or you're offended almost. Yeah, I was like, well, I got like, I don't know. Anyway, and they showed but, Jay the Voorhees house, which we're showing here, <laughs> which they were actually a pretty well-to-do family, having that kind of home in California. Apparently, well, or I guess it's Jersey, but Jersey or Connecticut or where they happen to be. So, but it's a nice home. Yeah, so fairly. It, who knew that it was? That's where they were, but yeah. So this is in West Hills, California. So I expected like a shack or like a trailer, like something like decrepit. Well, it does wonder like why did Jason live in that shack when this house was probably right down the road. Available. I don't know. You know, but who knows? You never know. This is the uh, Joey B's diner. It's not a diner at all, but it's an abandoned car dealership. Yeah, uh, and so if you go up a little bit, so yeah, so the uh, the actress actually helped me find this. Uh, so Rusty Schwimmer. Or is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, um, Rusty Schwimmer. Yeah, so I think I just reached out to her and I was like, hey, because she played the main waitress in the in the diner. I'm like, where was this? And I think she said, I think it was somewhere in Thousand Oaks or something like that. And so I just started looking and now it's a car dealership. Uh, <laughs> so there's pieces of the building that still look the same. Um, sure. And obviously and it does not look like a diner inside at all. So, so the people were pretty nice when I uh, came taking photos uh, in a... <laughs> random way and they kind of let me let me do that so did, did they know that it, you you got some great shots though by the way you matched them Thanks. up perfectly i'm glad you took the time to cover this film despite what it is <laughs> no i do it's, i mean i'm that. a completist you know you I, are. I do my and, best and people will google this stuff and it's cool to have this uh and they've seen this obviously did yeah. people at the employees at this dealership know that this was used in Jason Goes to Hell? I don't think so. They were all just, and I don't think they even knew what Jason Goes to Hell. I mean, they're like, okay, oh, all right. So, but you know, that's kind of a California thing. I mean, how many movies are shot all over the place, and they they're like, oh, all right, and like things are being shot all the time, and they don't, yeah, get a kick out of it. Uh, I should have warned them, like, once this posted, you'll have more visitors, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> once this then, post, get get ready to saying hello to more money. Yeah, so foot traffic. But they, you know, they could have a little uh, Jason special, you know, for lure people in to buy cars. Right. <laughs> Why not? We're slashing prices. 
Yes, because don't they make a Jason hockey mask burgers or something like that? So, wait, wait, what? Oh yeah, the, uh, you got a lot of comments on this page. See, people yeah. care. People yeah, care. so some of those, um, yeah, and I knew where the opening scene was. I can't get to that, uh, where the cabin was, because that's uh, a private property, uh, but it's also in Thousand Oaks as well. That is my can't uh, look away. Did you see in the theater? Or? No, I did not. And and let me ask, why is it still Too your young. can't look away? Just we bashed oh, uh, I'll always why? watch it's... all of the Friday the 13th yeah. movies forever. It does have a brutal kill, the the tent scene. Yeah, it does. Oh, it is rough. I mean, and the 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 scene where the waitress or the diner lady or whatever she is, the manager gets yeah. her teeth knocked in the back of her mouth. That's it's rusty. Still... Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. It is, and it's kind of a weird. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, it's it it's it it's funny, but it's like sick um, to see that you're like, oh okay. But yeah, that's my can't look away because it's in the Jason canon, and I'll still get the itch to watch this movie once in a while, and I'll remember that it's bad, and it'll be like another five, six years. And who is it, Aaron, the Buck Rogers gal, that's in it? Oh, um, yeah, but she's in other Maybe. stuff though. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of wonderful because she was kind of the the name uh, in it. So yeah, she was the, the like the biggest star in that. Yes, Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray, that's who it was. Um, yeah, she plays Diane in there. Is it Jason's sister Diana. or? Yeah, yeah, it's his sister or, or cousin or something. something but somehow yeah. she doesn't know, and then you know, here we go. Uh, uh, and that, it's a that gem. was a gem. That was pretty much the last Friday the 13th until the remake. Cause, am I right? Or to, on Jason X, I guess. Sorry. Can't forget Jason goes to space. Uh, yeah. Yes. Because that's always a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, then do you, you watch know. them? The, I do. I do. Yeah. Do you watch those movies? Friday the 13th? Like, are you... I, like, I watch them too much. Do you watch them a lot? Or you, I like, don't, probably because I overwatch them as a uh, kid. So, okay. because, like, you know, when I was... Uh, 14, 15. Um, so we just had the VHS, and like literally, I think we had like Halloween one, two, and three, you know, like all in one t- VHS tape, you know, and you would, we would just yes. play it and then rewind it, start over, and the same thing with the Friday the 13th. So the, the early ones. Um, so I've, that's why I, I really don't sit through those movies too often anymore because I like, I just, they're imprinted into my brain. So they're always there. Yeah, I did watch a few when the the new uh, box set came out, uh, just to kind of see how they look. Oh um, yeah, and, and I've seen them in the theater to varying degree. I mean, I went to a marathon of Friday the Thirteenth Part One through Four. Oh hell yeah! Um, and I was like, it was, it was a struggle, but uh, I mean, because yeah, you just kind of know them and stuff like. But I think I had just been to the Jarvis Cabin the night before or the day before, and so I thought, oh, cool. I I want to see it on the big screen since I was just there. So. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. By the way, that in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, that lake was the same lake used in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Zaka Lake. Yeah, I didn't know that. I looked up. I read that recently. Yeah. So they used a couple lakes, and and that's way north. Uh, I think it's north of Santa Barbara, even. So yeah, uh, that particular lake that I have not been to, but I remember at the time I was going to go out there, and I reached out to the owner of the. Um, Zaka retreat or something like that. So he's like, "Yeah, come on up. I'll take you where you need to go." So, yeah, that's one cool. Day. Yeah, uh, I enjoy watching those movies m- more now. What w- mostly for nostalgia, 
obviously, but I like to see from like a filmmaker's mind how they like shot different stuff and be like, oh, that's so cheap. They did it that way, or <laughs> you know, like okay, they, they they just shot this here, and it's cool to see that. And when you look at some of your pictures um, for the locations, that you can see that they did a lot. Of, they did a pretty good job, like decorating this up with, and making it look like something else. And we're talking about the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, and you don't notice as much unless you're actually in a theater or you. It's not on in the background. You're actually just watching it, and and I think right. about part two um, has a lot of great camera work. The first one did not. The first one was pretty as bare bones as you can. But Steve Miner part two had a lot of uh, either steady cam or just different uh, shots. I think about you know when Terry comes up into camera, you know she's like two inches yes. away from from the lens and stuff like that. So um, the other film that. Um, I didn't realize how much kind of artistry was into the camera work was Texas Chainsaw Massacre until I actually saw it on the big screen. And I'm like, oh, this is a different cinematic experience than my VHS days of just watching it, you know, yes. uh, on, on TV. So it makes a difference to see it in the theater. It certainly does. It enhances it for the most part. And if you have the chance, always do it. It's always better theatrically. It's like why vinyl albums always sound better than digital. They just, they're just better. They're made for that. They're in its original form. See it on the big screen, if you can, in film. And it goes back to vinyl. You're taking the time to get it out. To, you know, like you're not just pushing a button to have it on in the background. You know? No. Nope. So it's, it's, you're going back to experiencing it. And if you don't like it, it's an effort to change the song. You've got to really yeah. commit to that you know, and listen to it find the right needle drop for the <laughs> what are you doing this weekend are you uh going to the alamo to see anything robert uh alamo's still not open so no they delayed a couple weeks and i was like so um, thanks so, ricketts uh tomorrow night oh he was at he was at the swim trials <laughs> a couple nights ago so usually there's an honorary guest and he's the mayor or the governor or somebody oh. and, and I just like uh, I'm like I'm not gonna even a fake clap. I just like no, I'm not gonna do it. No, but, good for so you. yeah, final night of swim trials is tomorrow night for me. So um, so it's pretty exciting to see these people. Uh, their next stop will be the Olympics. So it's nice to see them. When Michael Phelps was there, because you saw him this week, mm-hmm. did he put a picture on Instagram of you and went, "I saw the set jetter at the swim trials tonight." I think he did. You think he did? I, I must have missed that then. So no, I, yeah. I've heard buzz <laughs> about it. That's so cool. You're doing that though. That's exciting to see like these zero percent body fat <laughs> Olympic superhumans that have massive arms bigger than our heads swim that fast in the water competing for the Olympics for the United States. It which is, is. Cool. and it's, it's strange because the the past couple of times, every you know four years or every five years now for this because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so the last time uh, was interesting because Michael Phelps, if he was in the water, you just knew he was going to win no matter what race. And he, there, there's been nobody as I guess impressive to uh, kind of see in the water compared to him because uh, I don't know if you've seen any video of so like as he would uh, get ready, he'd be on the on the, on the platform or whatever, and he would flap his arms back and forth uh, to kind of loosen them up. But his like his wingspan was like felt looked like it was seven feet. He was like an albatross. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, so it's just like 
once he was in the water, you could just, it felt like he was hitting the ends of each of the, uh, the, the, the lane lines as he was kind of going past and stuff like that. So obviously there's very impressive swimmers, but uh, nobody kind of has that big presence as, as Michael Phelps. No, no, he's like a Michael Jordan kind of guy where when you see him, he's in the room and that's all you can focus on. He's arguably, he is the best um, Olympiad of all time, as far as I'm concerned. In at, at least with swimming, and um, even the last time he was in the Olympics, he like didn't think he would be competing that anyway because he was too old, even though he was yeah. like 28 or something, <laughs> and he still like broke every record. Like it was uh, yeah in- incredible. So and uh, obviously he's still in great shape. Uh, pardon me, just you just wish I'm like oh can you just get a belly now that you're retired and but no. yeah you want to <laughs> see him kind of go down a little bit. Because you see, you see Michael Phelps in this great shape, and you're just thinking, why not do it again? Like get all these, like get more millions of dollars yeah. in endorsements. Well, Ryan Lochte was still competing, um, but did not make it this time. No. Yeah, he was probably one of the few. I was called leftovers, but you know, oh, it's a yeah. uh, it's a young person's game uh, for the most part. There's it like is. six. Yeah, uh, more on the girl side. I think there's like 16 year olds, and it was just crazy that they're already at. Uh, going to the Olympics or, or at that level. It's an, it's incredible. Yeah, it is definitely a young person's game. I mean, that just the stamina you, you need to compete in that for like five minutes is insane. And they're not even out of breath. They just got it. No, it's like no big deal. Yeah. It's like doing the thing. I wouldn't even be able to get one lap. And I would be like, <gasps> I'd be at, you know, St. Isabel's, I know that's not a hospital name, but whatever medical hospital in Omaha, like being pumped, it would be bad. Uh, you could be at, it's called the CHI Health Center. So that's the name of our, one of our major hospitals. CHI. Whatever. But the actual arena is also called the CHI Health Center. Ooh, corporate's got their pinky so toe dipped in They could Omaha. at least call it the CHI Health Arena or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's weird that both yeah. the hospitals and the arena actually have to have the exact same name. So... So, it's just so they, they interchange center for both. <laughs> so yeah, you could do the CHI medical plaza or something. Or something. Yeah, and then the know. CHI arena. Yeah, but um, and then so we overlap. This is it's always a big mess. We this weekend with the College World Series has also started. So uh, downtown is a big mess. It's great, obviously, for bringing revenue in, but uh, it it gets crazy downtown. It does, and it sounds like that's a good note to end on because the motto for Nebraska is Nebraska. <laughs> hey, now it is for everybody. Oh. Uh, okay? With all these events, there is something for everybody in Omaha. Two weeks out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our show. I'd like to thank Robert Patterson, as always, for doing Set Jetter Saturdays. Check out all his work at set-jetter.com and listen to all the shows for free on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and now Pandora. To all you all you kids out there that listen to that from Robert Patterson and myself. Good night, everybody. And we will see you on the set. Bounce, kick the boogie dog. Come on, please. Looking so smooth with my three pieces of sun, tees, breeze.
in the truck, got ten TV screens working custom bombs. This one is just for having fun. And don't live a life smoking chronic blood. Hanging with the fam, don't need the frost. Drinking out the cake till the barrel's done. This one is just for having fun. And don't live a life smoking chronic blood. Hanging with the fam, don't need the frost.